Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Hey, happy birthday, bitch. Oh, five years, man. Five years to Jedford. Thank Jedfrey. you. Jedfrey. Thank you, Jedipotamus. That is uh, our good buddy John on the other, the other side. I'm Jed, and yeah, today's my five years, dude. Woo, 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 woo. Is it, is it, uh, it's pretty normal to couple that with massive depression, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> like, why am I still doing all of these really fucked up things, even though I have five years of sobriety? That's kind of where my head went. Like, <laughs> I'm not nearly as emotionally stable as I thought I would be at five years sober. How long but... do you, you got 10, right? Yeah, 10. So we're, so you're five ahead of me. That's about, so let's, where, where were you at? At five years sober, what were you doing? Uh, was I still living in California? I was I still living in California. So. I was, yeah. Jerry threw me a party um, in Cal- in Southern California, which is this is what I, this is a great um, thing to ask about. In Southern California, they have really interesting um, kind of traditions, uh, like cultural AA traditions around birthdays. But at like one one five. And then any multiple of five years, it's traditional that's a, that you have a party. Um, What's the party? It's just a party. This is like a party. And then people like your sponsor, whoever will like literally give you a cake. They sing happy birthday and then you blow out the candles and then people say nice stuff about you. See, that's awesome. I, I do. We like I'm going out to. No, we don't do anything like that. I, I do remember you know, the first, especially like the first year, the second year. And right. that was when, so our little, our little crew that I got sober with, um, like my, my groomsmen, you, you met most of them. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, that was when, you know, we were still living in Oxford. I think we right. were still like either just dating our current wives or, you, you know, like right what, you know, early on in our jobs, like pink cloud and like crazy. So everything <laughs> yep. was like, yeah. And then, like over the years, it has gotten significantly less. Uh, well, a lot of people have just, a few people have just dropped out of AA completely, so mm-hmm. they're not even really like a part of the deal anymore. And like this year, I was like, well, I guess I'll. I wasn't even. I was like, do I even want to do anything? And I was like, yeah, no, I should celebrate it. So for sure, we're gonna go to. Well, you have to at least go get a token, right? You gotta, you gotta get a token. See, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I don't even know if I'm gonna do that this year. Well, you have – so here's the thing. You have to because new guys need to see like, oh, this guy was that fucked up and he can still pick up five years clean. That's, a, that's, that's important. That's the only reason I pick up tokens. Yeah, that's true. But it's like I don't even have a home group now, so I don't even know where – because they don't usually keep five years on deck, do they? In the, in the meetings here, they do. It's oh, like okay. – it's so interesting – they do things so differently everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I always, well, the meetings that I go to regularly happen to be my home group. But um, like, I'll I'll pick up a token at any meeting that I'm at every week. Whether so, like for me, it's oh. usually twice, like two or three time, two or three times I'll go and pick up a token. Usually the men's meeting, the beginners meeting, and then like if I happen to have gone to another meeting regularly during that year i'll go pick up one there too dude mail me uh, your five years do you want it sure i got you dog I i'm have gonna like, have to like otherwise i'm gonna have to order one i think i would love to give you mine 
That'd I'll send sweet. you mine. That'd be sweet. I'll send you mine. Autograph yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to draw a dick on it. That would be even better, dude. I, I really would love that. Like on paint pen. That that would be so special to me. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, we'll, we'll keep it going down the line. And it'll, it'll be the infamous uh, the five-year dick, dick token. The dick chip. I love it. That would be I great. That really would be an awesome tradition. <laughs> it's happening. It's right. happening. Sure. Good deal. Um. So you know what else is interesting that they did in Southern California, and they call and I've heard about it from uh, other places in the country, um, but they call it different things. Uh, it's like a, gosh, what do they even call it? And um, a sit-in. Uh, have you yeah. heard of a sit-in? Do y'all have sit-ins? You told me about it, but tell yeah. Okay, so a sit-in is where somebody's coming up on a year. It's always for their first year. And people will, like, have a party at, like, 9 p.m. until, like, midnight to make sure that they don't drink before they pick up a year and then have a meeting at midnight where they give them the token and, like, all that stuff. See, that's – yeah, that's very cool. I like I like yeah, the um... – they don't, they don't do that in South Carolina either. Um, that's a pretty Southern California-specific thing, I think. It'd be even <laughs> – to add a layer of spice, you should bring a bottle of liquor and just have it in the room. So to add like a real <laughs> level of danger. So <laughs> just have it you just play there. shot shot roulette, and like most of them are energy drink shots, but then one of them's like red exactly. vodka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be hilarious. And like yeah. at eleven fifty five, everyone leaves the room for a minute to like really <laughs> test you. <laughs> Can you uh, make it? That'd be a good game show. I did. Yeah. I've heard about people like going and hanging out in bars on purpose to like test their level of sobriety. That's silly. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is so silly. Yeah. I'm going to (laughs) go. I'm going to go down to 8th Street tonight to test my sobriety. (laughs) Just hang out on the corner. Yeah. My question is always like, why would you want to go hang out? If, If you're an alcoholic like I am. Why? What other purpose do you have at a bar? Like, it's not fun. Exactly. Like, people getting drunk aren't fun. They ain't no I football under, game I on at midnight. It. Yeah, unless I guess unless there's like a football game on or something, they're like trivia. But like, well, I would just get so bored and annoyed at a bar. Well, the other days. reasons are nefarious too. Like, you're just going to pick up chicks. Yeah, which That's, is fucked up. Which it is. That's what I'm saying. So yes, yeah, like when you say pick up, you mean prey on. Prey on. Yeah, that's why it's like there. Yeah. I guess there really is no unless there's like, not a good reason. There's not a good reason unless it's like someone else's birthday or whatever. Even still, I'll come yeah. say hey. But yeah, it's just irritating. Right. I'm not gonna just yeah, chill yeah. and watch you your your decibel level progressively get louder. <laughs> I had a new. I have a new sponsee, and he asked me the other day. Um, so I'm going uh, out of town to visit my like very life lifelong best friend, and um, we're going. And it's in a college town, and we're going to go. The plan is to go tailgate before the game. And I was like, bro, you have like seven days sober. Ooh, yeah, that's a big that's, negative. That's a that's a hard like dumb. First of all, that's just dumb. It Second dumb. of all, do you think that that's going to be fun for you at all? Yeah. So let's say you're able to like white knuckle it and not drink while everyone's like beer bonging beers. Do, in what universe is that fun for you? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That that's the that's the question I always ask the kids when they're like, I just want to like 
you know, like drink like normal people. And I'm like, do you really? Like, does having one beer <laughs> yeah. sound fun? Does that yeah. sound like a good time? Because it doesn't sound like a good time to no. me at all. No, it sounds pointless. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. And they're, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you and what, don't want and to what drink teenage no kid is drinking like a responsible person anyway? Exactly. Like, even if they're not alcoholic, like what teenage kid is like having two beers at a or, party and going home? Or even like two hits off of a joint. Like you're getting like the the new the new term is green out, right? Where you just smoke so much that you're comatose. Oh, is that like uh couch clutch? Yeah, we called it couch like lock. Zombie. Yeah. 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 There are so many over the years it's had so many names. The, <laughs> the new is uh, greened like, out. I the same thing, which was like me every day. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It was like I would I would couch clutch and then like slowly come out of it and then start the rest yeah, of my day it, it, it's basically like you smoke so much until you're too high to move and then as you slowly regain motor function the goal is to when you're physically able to smoke again then you can smoke yeah. again. Like, oh, I can't that was like it. every day that i didn't have work that was my life yeah and, and like and if friends came over you're like no one's everyone's too high to even talk so you just like watch tv and grunt at each other <laughs> yeah the classic yeah but inside my head i'm like super paranoid and like yeah. what does everyone think of me yep and, and nobody oh, yeah. yeah that's uh, good times that is times. funny it's just like a collective like yeah you're just yeah. it's so dumb it's it the is. dumbest but it was the you know we thought it was the best. It well yeah. There was a time before I would smoke myself stupid. Like every time that I smoked, that it like felt good and it was fun. Yeah, I remember. And we would go do stupid shit. Yeah, like, maybe yeah. weed is maybe weed really has changed because even maybe not. Maybe there's a lot of factors going into it. But in high school, yeah, we would just like you know smoke a joint and then like go like literally like run. And like do yeah. activities and play yeah. sports we and ultimate frisbee. Frisbee, yeah, yeah. Or like knock mailboxes over with yeah, bricks with, and with fun baseball stuff. Bats. Yeah, dude. Yeah, good, good, clean, uh, hoodlum <laughs> fun. Yeah, and, and yeah. In later days, it would smoke, and it's like I'm not, I'm not moving. If I have to move, it is an act of Congress. Yeah, I think the weed that we got or had access to got increasingly quote unquote better, and That's true. so. We would just like smoke ourselves into oblivion. Um, yeah, which isn't isn't, isn't fun. Like I, I would argue that the, the like I guess kids today. Here we go talking about kids today, but haven't even had access to the just like grass. You know, the Mexican brickweed, the just yeah. dirt. Yeah, yeah, brown yeah. stuck together looks like a dreadlock matted if, up. If you smoke too much of that stuff, you just go in sleepy sleep. Like, it's bedtime. <laughs> you just go nighty-night. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's bedtime, No harm, dog. no foul. You're not yeah. thinking about government conspiracies. You're just like... Yeah. You gorge yourself on, you know, Funfetti cake, and you pass out. That's, that's it. it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. End of the day. <laughs> As opposed to, like... Uh, yeah, man. They have, like... Oh, gosh. I quit smoking. I got sober and quit smoking before, like, dabs were a thing. Me and too. Before, before did, people started smoking weed, like, it's fucking crack. Did you ever do I hot just, knife? Like, that was the closest thing to, like, vaporizing. 
Oh yeah, we did do vaporize. Like we had like a volcano. Yeah, like a volcano. Yep. I had a vaporizer, but you vaporized real ass weed. It wasn't like we were getting this super potent THC oil that we were then vaporizing. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Good clean fun, uh, you, dude. Yeah, yeah. We, I'd also vaporize myself into oblivion. Yeah, that's so true. That, that that was that was how you were able to uh, brick weed your way into oblivion was with like a full on. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, that was that. I guess it was the party that I don't remember that in Charleston that apparently I just busted out cocaine to. Like, don't remember. <laughs> but all I remember was it was with Bobby and uh, they passed around a volcano, and then I just went out on King Street or something and just tried to go to sleep on the street. And Bobby was just like, "This is I don't like I don't know where you think you are, but you can't do that here. Like, <laughs> you get can't up. Sleep here. They're going. Someone oh. is gonna say something." <laughs> god bless bobby and dealing with us oh i Good know lord dude. he did tolerate yeah. a lot <laughs> that was yeah <laughs> yeah i went, drove up to columbia to pick you up that weekend and we i don't know if we've told this story on the podcast before but i, I drove either. up to columbia because you were like hey i really want to come hang out and i was like 90 days sober or something like, I want to come hang out and, like, clean up or something. And I was like, ooh, awesome. I get to get this guy sober. And it was that period of sobriety where, like, you're like I was taking on projects. You know what I mean? Or, like, I was going to save you. You it's were like, totally going like to save the, me. It's just like the Christian kids in youth group, right? Like, I'm going to go and save someone's soul sort of thing. Yep. So I went and I picked you up. And, like, as soon as we got back to Charleston, you're all, peace. Yeah, and, like, I was what? like, all right, dude, I'm going like, to go hang what? out with my friends and get high. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, you were pissed. And then Bobby and them uh dropped you back off with me and they're like, Fucking take this guy, this motherfucker. Oh, that yeah. sucks. It sucks. I and I don't remember Yeah, that's why that was probably the beginning of like my Xanax days of just Bad News Bears. Bad shit. news bears, man. Yep, yep. Nobody yep, likes yep, yep. a guy on Xanax. But here we are. Yeah. Well, that five years clean, five, five years, years clean, sober, dude. five years sober, no butt chugging or anything, nothing, dude. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. I know. That's wild. Yep. But, um, yeah, man, I love you, buddy. Love you too. Big Thanks dog. for the help. Thanks for all the help. Congregation has been an awesome. Well, actually this year has been really hard, but that's what they say <laughs> is like the, the fives. That's what my, uh, boss at work was saying. The fives were always tough for him. And I was like, I could see that because you're, I'm, I'm just like knee deep in the middle of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Five, I don't know if five was tough. I mean, you get to these like spiritual places where God's like, all right, where well, here's all these fucking hurdles that you get to grow from. And you're like, fuck, thanks, I guess. But like yes. you have to walk through that stuff and, and it's hard. Like life goes through really hard phases for sure. Um, uh, just a side note for those folks that are listening that are, are in recovery. There's um, a speaker tape out there called Emotional Sobriety, and it's by a guy named Tom Brady. Not the football player, but different Tom Brady. But he talks about five-year menopause. In that. He calls it five-year menopause where people are like, is this it? And then go back out and drink. Ooh, I'm going to go uh, listen to that. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It's about emotion. It's about emotional sobriety. And that's really like when we get into the meat of like long-term sobriety, it's about learning to live life um, in an effective way without like being a giant dickhole or like being super selfish or like ruining stuff. 
um, and uh, walking through struggles with grace and dignity and still being able to be of service to others. Yeah. So like, but it's hard sometimes, man. It you totally know, so is. Congrats on walking five years through some of the bullshit that life throws at us. Yeah, man. Much appreciated. Send of me, course. send me an email, church and other drugs at gmail.com. Oh yeah. We got another patron. Let me look it up. Patron. patron Christy Adams. Thank you for the support. Yeah. Um, merch store, store frontier backslash church on the drugs. And if you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash church and other drugs, uh, ask Christy. It's awesome. Pay me, boy. Actually, pay Jed. <laughs> I said, boss man, you got to pay me my money and paper. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I started watching Between Two Ferns. It is hilarious. It's Dude, so funny. Dude, I, I love about, it. I, my, I'm so happy that my wife went out the other day to like a long Target run because I got to watch it without her. She's not into stupid humor, but oh. I about... The sight myself are laughing. so funny. Just the small, like when he was just, they cut to a scene of him putting white out on Hitler's mustache. Like that's <laughs> genius. And then he that's drinks it. it. Yeah. Like that's just, and like he cut out all the articles in the newspaper because he only wants to read the picture. Look at the pictures. That's funny. So that's like funny. naked gun level. Funny, funny background gags, dude. It's so, the, the whole thing is like front to back. Just hilarious. Yeah. And, um, and, and as always, there's between two friends interviews where he says just hilarious shit yes. to like <laughs> a list celebrities. It's incredible. Yeah. So, all right. Here's all right, brother five. man. Later. Say hey to the congregation. Hey, congregation. So, to those that may be unaware, uh, introduce yourself as one of my oldest friends. And uh, my name's I'm Brad, um, and I'm one of Jed's oldest friends. Very good, very astute. Yeah. No, so and, uh, the story is that. Um, well, Brad was on Suboxone, and now Brad's not on Suboxone, or any drugs. So that's good. Well, yeah, so we've been chronicling. Oh, you know, I get, I got five years today. Congratulations. Yeah, Five dude. years old? Yep, basically. Wow. Congrats, dude. You made it five years. Yeah, so it's it's kind of, I know, it's interesting that we're, uh, that, that we're talking today too i just got done talking with john because you're part of my old history of this i'm trying to so 
I guess it was right. It, I think it was in my first year. That might have been like the the first time that I tried to help you uh, get sober, and you were like. <laughs> I was uh, kind of like John was saying, he had tried to sober me up when he was like all early in sobriety and on fire, and I was kind of the same thing. And I was like, yeah, I could get Brad down here, and I could definitely save him. I was like, yeah, we'll just get you down here. We'll do like a three-day crash course at my book study, and we'll we'll get you through the steps really quick, and it'll be good. It'll be good. Come on down. And you just mm-hmm. came down. <laughs> you remember this? Yeah, but you guys didn't offer any kind of steps to me. Dude, because you, you just... You didn't even leave a conspicuous big book, like... You know, also, why didn't you have any heroin around? Because he Help did... me out. Brad, you can Brad, get in your big book, bro. Brad just <laughs> laid around... He just immediately started complaining about, like, detoxing, and I don't know what... Well, yeah, pills. it was... I, I went in the room you were staying in. I was they were on just, heroin. No, but you had brought something. It was either like supplements or pills, but they were just supplements scattered across the room. And then like I went in the bathroom and you had like turned it into a monsoon. Like it was soaking wet because I guess you were trying to take no. like a, a hot detox I turned shower. it into a sauna. Yes. Not a monsoon. I was like, a Brad, sauna. what the fuck are you doing? And then you just. Your bathroom was not set up to be a sauna and that's. Is that supposed to be my fault? It was like you're trying to terraform the bathroom into like some kind of weird alien landscape. Well, uh, and then we had to find you some Suboxone, and then you still were like, "I think I'm gonna get out of here." And then your father-in-law came to pick you up, and I was like, "He needs to go to rehab." And they were like, "Yeah, you know, I think we got it. We're good. Thanks, though." <laughs> That's what I, they said. Yeah, I was so pissed at them. So I was like, "Look." You, I guess you don't remember that part, but you were in the car, and I was talking to your father-in-law and your mother-in-law, and I was like, look, like, what he's got, like, y'all ain't going to be able to fix. Like, we need to, like, get him some help. And they're like, no, nah, I think, you know, no, you know, I, I can appreciate that, but you don't understand. And I was like, no, you don't understand, old man. But, well, look, our God is an awesome God. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, I'm not arguing that, sir, but like he needs other things. So since he doesn't know how to access God's power. Yes. So since you don't know how to tell him. Right. Should have told him, look, he's gotta go to the Holy Spirit sauna. Okay? <laughs> it's 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 a sauna, it's a Holy Spirit thing. You really don't get it, you know, it's just Got to get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the sauna. Well, what you asked the questions, Dad. I, I don't really. Actually, I do have a question, and this is a very serious question. If anybody wanted to answer this for me, okay. Um, I was talking with my wife, and we, you know, I thought because sometimes I like to ask like people who are, you know, more spiritual than me or like more um, in line with the Bible and what that, you know just kind of ask them questions I may have, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of my questions was, if, is it a sin if a married couple in their bed, if they took their beds and they put their beds together, two married couples took their beds, put them together, and then the husband of one wife had sex with the wife of the other husband, and vice versa, all in the same bed, right? Is that a sin? And then the second question is, um, and this is a serious question, 
if the wives get pregnant, is that immaculate conception? <laughs> I think you might have stumped so, me, man. That's an A and a B question. So first, say, let's start with the A. I'm gonna say, I'll answer A. I'll answer your question with a question. Is that a proposition? And then B will be just a yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a pretty funny question, really, because like I was actually thinking because this is the, in actuality the joke with me and my wife were talking, and I and I like to um, ask my father-in-law these questions Did like you ask him that semi-seriously no i didn't ask him this one oh. yet but i've asked him things like i've asked him uh because he'll volunteer this knowledge to me he'll he he came up to me and my wife and he was like you know you know what do benevolence is son uh you know that's your body is not your own and her body that's not her body you know so you guys you know if if she wants you to do something you have to do it and vice versa just, he told you way. that and her? Yes. Yeah, he told us both that. Dude, he... Look, man. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Jeez. He's so old school with it. That's that's funny. I can't believe he told so anyway, you that. Well, listen. So, since he told me that, I've started asking him questions that I think would be, like, uncomfortable. Are you, like, messing I... with him? Semi-messing with him. Like, I, I asked him in front of the whole family. I said, uh, so... Is it a sin to masturbate while you're thinking about your wife? No, you didn't. You did not ask him that. Yeah. Yes. So in I, front of the whole I, family, he, like the brothers, sisters, yes. kids. Brad. Well, my wife, my daughter, my <laughs> grandmother, or my daughter's grandmother, and him. So it wasn't. No, oh, Granny. And, and no. My, well, no, that's my mom. You know. Oh she, yeah, she yeah. She just yeah. like rolls her eyes. She rolls her eyes, you know, like, what did, what did he I say? think she gets it. He said. Did he answer seriously? Like straight said, face? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight face. He said, anytime, you need to be very careful anytime you gratify your flesh. <laughs> um, now, uh, if your wife is on the phone, oh, if she's participating my God, in some stop. way, stop. if she's participating in some way, stop, that's not dude. a, you know. He said, but if, if there's any doubt... It's a sin. Jeez. And I, so look, I mean, that's why I thought of that. Cause that me and my wife were talking. It wasn't that me and my wife were talking about like swinging. We were, I just thought the question was funny, you know, because I mean, it is like, it's kind of a hard one. Also, you know, some of the stuff people say about Jesus, this is a new tip I'm on here where they say, Oh, well, Jesus was way harder on the law. Cause, cause Jesus said, this is what he said. He said, Jesus said that even if you think about having sex with a woman, you're committing adultery. So, yeah, you, can, you, you don't even think about it, sinner. But, see, I don't think that's what he meant. I think that's like a total missing of the point. I think Jesus is actually just pointing to the absurdity of the law in general. Correct. Because later— Correct. Because, right, so he's not saying, hey, about the Beatitudes? whoa, buddy. The yeah, Sermon he's not— yeah. He's not saying, hey, man, you, you don't even think about it, <laughs> which is the way so many people interpret it. He's saying, hey, man, this is what I'm saying. Like, it would be impossible to really keep the law. So yes. don't He's... even worry about keeping the law. Like, that's all done, you know. So 
Really, I think that, and then it says later on, it says all things are lawful to me, but not all things are uh, expedient. So, I mean, literally anything we do is no longer sinful. That's, that's unless you know that it's a sin and you do it anyway. That's a sin. So only willful sin is sin. What do you think about that? Well, but even still... But then it's like, but then it's still like, I mean, yeah, we're going to Well, we don't sin anymore because we, I mean, like, we're like, yes, we sin, but not really because we're already, the price has already been paid, you know? So like, yeah, so that means you can say that about even the sin, the quote, like will for sin. Anyway, willful sin. Yeah. We took a sharp, a sharp left. Sorry. So anyway, I thought, yeah, he, you know, so he answered the question and then, uh, you know, I thought how funny would it be to ask him that new question because that one's even more gray, you know? (laughs) I don't think it's very gray at all. (laughs) I mean, look, dude, I'm pretty sure that it's cool. What do you think? I'm serious. Yeah, I know. Well, except for are. the immaculate, I know what I know. Immaculate conception is not what I described. That was supposed to tip him off that it was a joke. After I asked the uh, the other question, what if that's like the straw that finally? What if that's like finally what undoes him? Him and he just beats the shit out. Of him. He's just like, oh, or he, he to be mocked. He just loses it. That'd no, he loses great. his faith. Yeah, that's like that's the uh, like the it's like the um, when Homer asked Flanders, could God himself microwave a burrito that's so hot he himself could not eat it? And Flanders is like, well, uh, well, uh, well, I don't know. That's that was the episode Homer started smoking weed and he walks over. He walks over and he was like, Flanders, I have a question for you. I've been thinking about could God himself microwave a burrito so hot that he could not eat it? So you think, hold on, let me back this up. So you think that it would be sinful for two married couples to do it in the same bed? I'm not entertaining this anymore. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's a valid question, Jed. What are we supposed to do on the podcast? You know? Talk just about say, how... Why don't you ask Kay, hold on, hold on let, me, let me finish this joke. Okay. Why don't you ask Kelly what she thinks? And then get back to me. I, I will. I will not. But uh, <laughs> just ask her. <laughs> Brad wants to know if you think it would be sinful. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, sorry about that. No, nah, it's think... you know, laughter is the best medicine. So, okay. what's your? What has your? How did you finally get sober, or how did you finally get off Suboxone so far? How many days off are you? Oh, I don't know. I don't count. It's been, I want to say, like a, at least a week. No, it's probably been more like two or three, almost a month maybe. I believe, it, I mean, it was in, hmm, I don't know how long it's been. Probably two weeks, three weeks. So how's it been? What were the so fears I, going into it? What was the final, I mean, like, what was the final straw i guess that even made you want to get off of it well i've been wanting to get off of it and i never wanted to uh get on it you know i guess i just wanted to like well 
when I got on drugs, I, I wasn't intending to like become addicted and dependent physically on opiates again. But what made me want to get off was because I did some things that I didn't think I would ever do again. And, um, it was, um, so when I did those things, I came to the realization that I was becoming someone that I, I hadn't, I didn't think I was going to be anymore, you know? Yeah. So like I, 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 um, well, I should say this. I called somebody for drugs that I, and I, I put, I called some, uh, like, uh, uh, an enemy, you know what I mean? Someone like I sub just the reality of what it means to be a slave to yeah. drugs was very motivating to not be on that path anymore. Yeah. Being that I just come from total freedom, you know? Yeah. So, so what, yeah, what did just, you, I mean, what did you change? What did I change? Uh, well, really what happened was that I, the reason I think I got back into all of that stuff was because I had some, some messed up issues with my face. Truthfully, what I changed was I, um, We'll go, we'll go, uh, I kind of want to hover around messed up issues with your faith. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I stopped believing that God could cure all ailments. I stopped believing. I started to believe that maybe if God, if I was born with um, a certain deficiency, that it was just science and that, that it could never be changed. Like that, like a deficiency that would mean that you were basically doomed to just do drugs type thing, or the deficiency. One of them was, and it's little things. That's why they say a little leaven. Um, the deficiency was that if I was born and tested to not be a diligent person, according to scientific research, statistically, there's virtually no chance that I'll ever be diligent, that I'll always be a procrastinating slacker, if you look at the evidence. So, believing that... So, you, you weren't even going addiction, you were just going straight, like, mental personality defect flaw type thing, like, I'm just, I'm just a lazy POS, and that's just in the, in, written in the code, and there's just nothing I can do about it? Not that there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing to be done about it, period. Oh, like there's that no God cure. God couldn't heal me from that. Okay. That was the, that if, if I was born a certain way, I was going to die a certain way. Do you think you fully believed that or that was just, because like, yeah, because you know, sitting now, you can obviously see that that was just a lie you told yourself and a rationalization, but was there any part of you at that time or did you just full dive in like, yep, that's just what it is? It was just that I started entertaining things that were, um, you know, also I started to entertain things like, um, that 
the that uh, the Bible was uh, metaphorical or in part. So you know, little things went to bigger things. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like it was just kind of like a shift back into my old mindset. I I lost my personal connection with God, frankly, because I stopped seeking him earnestly. I I guess I figured I knew it, knew him already. But then as things happened, like my, my faith started to change. And then when it really boiled down to it, I don't know, a lot of people probably remember this if they're fans, but we did the one episode where I was having these panic attacks mm-hmm. and I, I traced, I don't know exactly what they were, but I traced that they went away when I started believing that God could stop them. Well, re, uh, re people I, with them. Well, and I can tell you this too, the fear of death, because I wasn't really sure about what, what would happen if I died because the faith was all in question. So the panic attacks were, um, well, they would just, this feeling would come on and it would feel like this switch was flipping. And all of a sudden I would start feeling really uncomfortable and anxious and I wouldn't be right for the rest of the day. It was horrible. And I felt like I was going to die or have a stroke or something. Um, It was a really, really bad feeling. And then, they didn't really go away until I got on my knees and I said uh, to God that I was uh, sorry and that I needed help. You know, I just needed help, you know. and um, Good old surrender. So, so right, I, I, I was fighting them with all these sciences. You know, I tried to use different drugs, like even Xanax when you cure them. That's the crazy part because it always worked before. So... Yeah, once I got on my knees, and then later on that day, one started to come on again. And I remember having this thought, well, you know, God, if if what would you have me do? You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm I don't I'm out of ideas. Yeah. And it, and it went away. And then I burst into tears because I knew that it was a miracle. And um, you know, and then after that's what made me want to quit. And at that time, I was taking. I was actually shooting up eight milligrams of Suboxone uh, every day, along with drinking and smoking weed and taking Xanax and things like that. And um, so at that moment, um, I mean, I, I believe I came on the podcast maybe a little bit after that. I don't really remember, but at that moment, I started trying to, to get off of it. Um, I immediately gave up everything except for the Suboxone and cigarettes, and uh, I started. Were you still doing a, Were you still shooting it? The no, sub? I stopped shooting it. So, like once I just like once I okay. Also, so I called and I told my father in law, and I told some people, you know, this is what's going on. I need help. And uh, some people recommended I go to rehab, and uh, I can understand that's a good recommendation. But um, I ended up just uh, asking a brother in the faith to come to my house, which he was willing to do this. He came to my house every day, 
and we would sit and pray and study the Bible for two or three hours a day. Um, and I completely, through, with God's help, through all of that, and it was about a three-month process, two months, two and a half months. But for the first month, we met every day. And um, I would just slowly lower my dose, and I went from uh, eight to six to four milligrams, then to two milligrams, and then I went to 1.75, 1.5, 1.25. And I would stay on each dose for a week, and I was down to one and then I was down to 0 0.75, 0 0.5, 0 0.25, and then 0.13. And when I was on 0.13, I stopped. Um, but I, I remember I always would get on my knees and thank the Lord for doing that for me because I didn't do any of that. I, I did suffer. And halfway through that, the Holy Spirit told me to quit smoking cigarettes, told me I could. And I said, you know, I don't really want to do that. And he said, well, um, I mean, you don't have to do that, but you can do that. So, And then we just kind of sat there and talked about it for a little while, and then I said, okay, I'll do it. So, and you know, he's always going to ask you to do something. What's the next thing? What's my next thing, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's – do you have any questions? That's the rough story. And uh, now I'm sober, you know, no cigarettes. So how's it been since then? Since then? Well, for the first five days I was off of it, it was a little rough. Not that bad. Oh, and the, there was detox. Like, I mean, I experienced detox symptoms pretty much the whole time, but I was able to do a little bit of work and look after my daughter and be a, a good husband for the most part. Um, since then, it's been fine. You know, it's uh, actually, I, as I was talking about this, I realized that how silly I am because I have uh, let up on my uh, my seeking. I've been attending church, and um, the next thing for me, the hard thing for me to do is to really try and plug into a church and be social with them. Or, um, But since then, I still get up in the morning and I read my Bible every day and I and I pray every day I don't pray as much at night or throughout the day as I should but I do get a good um, a good feeling a good a lot of uh, energy they call it, you know quickening you want to get the quickening of the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon me and then I am able to do things that I well, wouldn't normally be able to do and I feel like you know and especially even at, at five years i feel that is like a, that's the natural seems like that's just the natural human response is like in our time of great need we can be really close and then as the need lessens it seems like it's way easier to kind of drift back into what we want to do or just forget you know just because it's like we don't we don't need it as much that's that's like a weird right um, a weird dance to do right because it's in where my legalism will lie to me is that if i don't do x y and z then the tragedies of c d and e will befall you sort of thing or like it's like a 
trying to stay away from like like trying to find that mix of uh getting away from fear-based mindset and kind of living in grace but just like enjoying it as opposed to something i have to do in order to to reap these benefits right because i don't think like that's not a good relationship either if i'm only just spending time with someone because i want them to spend money on me or something you know what i mean like yeah well i mean there is and it is interesting you call it like a dance some people like have said like waves you know like ups and downs of like you know i mean luckily if you're saved uh you know the lord's always going to um chasing you until you have to come back but i think there may be a way speak more into the mic if you're saved, the Lord's always going to chasten you. Yeah. Until you until you have to come back and seek Him more. But I think there might be a way to seek Him constantly without ever being in waves. I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Being in the dance. I think there may be a way to. I'm not sure. I've I've not figured that out yet. Yeah. It, it, well, and I don't even know because it just seems like that's that's the design, right? Even like name me one person in the Bible that didn't constantly talk about God's absence and distance and wanting more, alternating right. with I'm so happy. You know, you know what I'm saying. It seems like that's the design. Is that it's a little a little taste. And then periods of drought. It's, yeah. It seems like it's it's it's. It, right. I mean, really, well, the name of the game is just faith. I guess it really is. All it is is just talking about faith and just believing when you don't see, and then just I don't know. Right, you're I, right because you're not always going to feel it. No, but you do have to. You do have to go through the motions sometimes. I mean, like there, it's not totally all. Because you can't say, well, I'm just walking in grace 24-7, you know, because, I mean, I, like I said, maybe that's a, something you can get to. But for me, as far as, I mean, I won't, there are some people who claim that, and they may be right. Maybe I'm just, my faith isn't as strong as theirs. I think it is possible, quite frankly. It, um, even, I, even, <laughs> I, I remember how how like oddly reassuring it was like when you read about mother Teresa and how like you know she talked about how like I think she claimed that like her whole life she never felt close to God like her whole life was just like and it's like damn oh really yeah and it's My you know goodness. yeah and it's just well, maybe she's just realistic that's what I'm saying I, <laughs> well it's like I think I don't trust the people that are just like Oh yeah, twenty four seven, like always feeling it. Things are great. Like it's just like that's not even that's no you know that's not even a a person in the Bible for sure that didn't happen to anyone, um, Jesus included. You know that's true. Um, like, you know, but I don't. I'm not sure if it says that we um have to sin in the Bible at all. So I I mean some I'm not sure you know I I don't know um but I do know that our faith I'm I'm pretty sure that our faith as Christians now is supposed to be like what Abraham 
uh, had with God. Um, so I, 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 that's, that's something that I, I understand. Which, which was I don't, what? Well, God asked Abraham to do something that he didn't want to do. And he would continually ask him to do more things. I mean, it, the big thing was leave your homeland and go find the promised land. So that's what we're supposed to do as well. And anytime he disobeyed, which he disobeyed a lot, really bad things happened. So, like, the law of reaping and sowing is the one law in the Bible that you cannot break. So whatever you sow, you're going to reap, whether of the spirit unto life or of the flesh unto death. You will always reap what you sow. And when you plant a seed, it's always going to grow into a tree with fruit whether it is a spiritual seed. And it says in the Bible, if you reap the wind, you'll, or if you sow the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, <laughs> sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. Um, but, you know, for instance, when Abraham um, didn't trust God and he had sex with, his, uh, with uh, Sarah's handmaiden or whatever, then he gave birth to Isaac and the whole... Uh, the whole Muslim faith. Praise be to Allah. You know, <laughs> isn't that what that is? Islam. Um, that was a very YouTube sharp left. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that it's bad that he gave birth. I'm just saying that was out according to the Bible. Look, you got it. Biblically speaking, that was not in God's will. God didn't want him to do that. He did that on his own he, because he didn't trust God. Yeah, Which, that's that's getting yeah, that's that's a whole, whole I'm not saying that other. Muslims or Islam or whatever is wrong or or not in God's will. I'm saying for Abraham in that specific moment having sex with his, with his wife's handmaiden and and bearing a child with her, that was not God's will for gotcha. Abraham. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying there wouldn't be if if he had done right there would no be Islam or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Or that Islam is bad. I'm not saying that either, because God works all things out for good to those that love Him and those that are called according to His purpose, which of course would be Abraham. So that, even though that was outside of His will, um. That's all for good, according to what it says. Yeah, that's in the Bible, that, that's the larger question. Is like, can it? That's I don't I don't know. There's so many theological ideas that I have m like not official stances on anymore because I just don't know. Like with predestination or um, is everything? Um, does both. God intervene? All that. Well. I think, I'm not sure either, but it does say that we're predestined, and it does say we have free will. So, a lot of the things is just like, you know, like you said, you don't know. It's just right. like God God is like, you know, he's playing by different rules, and a lot of times it'll say things that are just opposite. Yeah, you know, I think that's specific the... Specific opposites. <laughs> yeah, which you know? is, I think, yeah, I think God playing by different rules is a very good summation of the whole thing mm -hmm. so what where do you see in kind of in kind of uh meandering toward the end where do you see you know 
the next couple months? Where do you what do you see like as your drive and passion now? Um well I definitely feel that I've been called to uh minister to people in some way, but you know, as a human being in a flesh like in my body, you know, I think, well if God told me this is my promise land, this is a promise to me, then obviously I'm going to be a pastor tomorrow, but you know, he might mean 30 years from now. So, um, the next, um, I was thinking about going back to school, um, and look, I'm going to probably look into that. I'm also trying to get a, uh, felony removed from my record, um, expunged article 893 so that I can, um, get a some kind of job there's there's a couple of things i want to get the felony removed and then i'm looking into going to school to learn how to do something that will pay pretty decently because i'd like to have some money yeah you know i'd like to make about a hundred grand a year that'd be nice that would be nice my friend that would be nice well as far as giving back to people you know i can give them some money but i'm not giving them my time jed (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean I'm super proud of you, dude, and I know um I mean it's it's been an interesting journey and it's certainly like a a continuing journey and I'm glad we're we're both on it and I'm glad we're um I mean you you you're you're definitely my hetero life mate for sure for better or for worse. So I'm glad that you're actually there was very uh it was very rocky there for a minute where I wasn't sure if you were going to make it or not as far as like living or dying. So I'm very, very thankful, um, that you can be here, you know, for real. Yeah, me too. Sometimes I wonder, you know, one weird question is if I had died, then would I have gone to hell? We don't know. I don't like it when people ask, are you sure if you died right now, are you sure you'd go to heaven? Like no one is. Sure. If you're not sure, then you're not saved, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. We'll pray with you. Yeah, that We're is. A... Say, how many souls did we say? Five, daddy. Five thousand, daddy. Oh yeah. Well, so how how great is is the righteous gemstones, dude? That's good. Did like you watch it, it last five, night? Daddy. Five thousand. We say five thousand souls. <laughs> I didn't, but I'm I'm. You know, I'm going to, that's the whole thing is like the crusades of soul saving and stuff. It's like, you know, most of the people whom Jesus healed came to him. Yeah. He was just walking around, dude. You know, like they were pressing into him, thronging him because what he had was so valuable that he didn't have to go knock on their doors and bug them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, that. <laughs> So I'm not really sure where I stand on that whole quote unquote soul winning thing. Although they are commanded to preach the gospel. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm getting on I'm getting onto a tangent. No, it's good though, dude. We'll we'll be um we will be periodically checking in with you, my friend. Alright. But I love you. Are, are we done? Are we done? Yes, sir. And I start attacking my vodka stab the ice with my straw My eyes have turned red as stoplights You seem ready to walk, you know I'll call you eventually 
When I wanna talk, till then you're invisible Cause there's this switch that gets hit And it all stops making sense And in the middle of drinks Maybe the fifth or the sixth I'm completely alone At a table of friends I feel nothing for them I feel nothing, nothing Myself back west. I got a friend there, she says. Hey, anytime. Unless that offer's expired, I have been less than frequent. She's under no obligation to indulge every whim, and I'm so ungrateful. I take she gives and forgives and I keep forgetting it and each morning she wakes with a dream to describe something lovely that bloomed in her beautiful mind I say I'll trade you one for two nightmares of mine I have somewhere I Mean more than this. What would mean 